0: Locke had thanked her, but regular life called, at least for Carrie, and in two days' time they were due to fly back to New York, Carrie to her job as a news reporter, and Locke to whatever corporate security gig came up next. He went back inside the house, pulling the glass door closed behind him. On the kitchen counter his Blackberry was vibrating. He crossed to it, picked it up, and studied the glow of the screen— The number was showing as unknown, and above that the time is four fifty-six hours. Out of habit Locke answered it. Before he even had the phone to his ear, he could hear a woman on the other end of the line, her voice ragged and husky, as if she had only recently stopped crying. Locke listened for a moment, as under his feet, another boulder slammed into one of the timber supports holding up the house. Ma'am, can you hear me? he said softly. Are you in immediate danger? There was a short silence. Then the woman spoke again. Not right this second, but yes, I'm in a lot of danger. You help people in my situation, right? Ah, oh, jeez," thought Locke. Here we go. Between them, he and his business partner, Tyrone Johnson, attracted around a dozen crank calls a week tough guys who lived in their parents' basements reading comic books and wanted the opportunity to go toe-to-toe with them, tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorists who wanted to let Locke in on how the government was attempting to control the population's thoughts, and a third category, which Ty, much to Locke's annoyance, seemed bent on encouraging. A group of women they referred to as damsels in distress, who often invented all kinds of threats—abusive boyfriends, prowlers, deranged stalkers—in order to arrange a rendezvous. He had a feeling this was a Category 3 phone call. "'Ma'am, if your life is under threat, you need to call 911 and speak to the police department in your area. I'm sure they'll be able to help you.' This time the woman sounded almost irritated. "'Who do you think gave me your number in the first place?' lock was taken aback excuse me my name is raven lane i'm being stalked i have the lapd's threat management unit helping me out but something just happened i need some additional security they told me to call you through his work so far in los angeles lock knew all about the los angeles police department's threat management unit or tmu it dated back to 1989 when California had passed the first anti-stalker legislation. Being slap-bang in the center of the entertainment industry, the police officers who worked for it were kept busy. When it came to non-celebrities, they were only usually involved when stalking or harassment became aggravated. Locke knew that for the most part the victims were fairly anonymous. Sometimes all it took was a sad individual chancing upon a Facebook page for a whole world of misery to open up for the unsuspecting victim. He also knew that stalking cases were messy and difficult. But why, if the TMU are helping you, do you need me? The TMU have been great, but a panic alarm and a drive-by from a patrol car twice a night isn't going to cut it anymore. I need someone who's going to stop this stalker before he hurts me. Locke sighed. In the normal run of things, and with the exception of big-mouthed Aussie thespians, he wasn't in the vigilante business. Sure, push him hard enough and he'd push back harder, but he didn't go hunting down stalkers and dishing out street justice. In the real world, behavior like that tended to land you in prison, and from recent experience when he had been undercover in one, he knew he didn't like prisons very much. At the other end of the line, the woman must have read his silence. "'Listen, I'm not asking you to kill the guy. Hell, I'm not even sure who he is.' Locke still said nothing, counting on her to fill the silence. "'I can pay you, if that's what you're worried about.' "'It's not as simple as that,' Locke said, looking up to see Carrie walking bleary-eyed down the stairs, angels skittering in a figure of eight pattern around her heels." "'Then let me help you out here,' the woman said. "'This morning I found a body in the trunk of my car. I'm pretty sure it was a woman's.' "'You think?' Locke asked, suddenly interested. "'It was difficult to tell,' the woman said. "'She didn't have a head.'